speak to us. And whether you're online listening to us or you're here in this place, I just felt the Holy Spirit just encouraging me. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says that, that God wants to take our spirit of heaviness and give us garments of praise. And I, and I really believe that there are some of you today that are struggling with a spirit of heaviness. You felt heaviness all around you. This season that we're going through just creates a different level of heaviness as we're disconnected from people. Sometimes we get disconnected from God and it can create heaviness. And I believe today God just wants to put a spirit of praise inside of your heart and your spirit. The key is learning to continually declare the goodness and greatness of God over every situation. And so, Father, I just pray for your people here today, Lord Jesus, wherever they're at, those who are listening at home, those who are sitting in this building, God, that you would just give us that, that garment of praise. You'd pour that onto us. You'd put that over us today. And Lord, that we would be able to walk with freedom and liberty. And I just declare that every spirit of darkness, every spirit of heaviness would be broken in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you agree with me today on that? Hallelujah. I want you to know God is doing great things in our midst, in our community. Uh, I, I see that lives are being changed and transformed, and, and we don't always get to see it. We've, we don't, we don't, uh, aren't always aware of it. I, I know that even through our Discover Jesus, which is our Bible reading thing that we're doing that we started in January, that's going to end on Good Friday. We're reading a chapter of, of a gospel each and every day. I'm hearing things that families are actually doing this together, that it's encouraging families to come together and talk about the Bible. In my family, my dad and my stepmom are joining with us every day down in the States, and they're reading. My dad's asking me questions. I never thought I would see this in my life. It is a powerful and incredible thing. People are being healed. Did you know that somebody a month ago in our church was healed of kidney disease? God touched their life as we declare things. I want you to believe that God can do great things, but we've got to be willing to declare his goodness. And that's why I'm excited today. I'm excited about uh, that today and next week we're going to uh, continue. Next week we'll finish our series called Kings and Warriors Reclaiming Lost Ground. I just believe there's more that God wants to show us. Because I believe this, that all of us have things that have been taken from us. Promises, peace, even people. And here's where we're at with this. And by our divine right that Jesus has given us, we're going to take those things back and release a new level of freedom. You see, to do so, though, we must be reminded that it requires that we walk in the authority that God has given us. You see, biblically authority, I believe this, is the spiritual standing to claim a place or realm of authority, which allows us to determine what is allowed and not allowed. What do I mean by this? Well, if, you don't, if you're feeling shame and you don't like it, get rid of shame. <laughs> if you don't like fear, let go of fear. If you want more love, then be more loving. Take the authority that God has given you and demand what you believe God has pro provided for you. Can I hear an amen? amen? You see, I believe this because of God's authority, you are powerful. My heart is to empower you to know that you are powerful. Say this, I am powerful. I am powerful. Oh, come on, we got to do better than that. Say it again. There you go. You see, you have the power through Jesus to change what is going on around you, to change circumstances, situations, not only for yourself. Here's the beautiful thing, but it also impacts other people. 
Now, because we're talking about authority, why do we many times struggle to walk in that authority? I want to talk about that today. You see, I believe this, that, a, that understanding authority is the beginning, but it's not the end. You see, we not only have to understand it, we actually have to walk in it. Well, how do we do that? And I believe it comes down to this one word that we're going to talk about today, and I talked about it earlier, but I just hope the Holy Spirit put this in my heart, that we, we just need more courage. God wants to fill us with his courage. You see, to walk in authority requires courage. And I believe that God wants to pour greater courage into your heart today. And here's what the simplest definition of courage is. It's the ability to face your fears. Did you hear me not say it's the ability to remove fear? It's the ability to face fear. We will all face fear. But I believe God's desire is for you not to be controlled by fear. Now, when I was in elementary school, I remember each year, and this was pre-COVID because I know they do it up here, that each year there was one week where you got to do swimming lessons. Who remembers those days you participated? It was your week of school. <laughs> now, for me, those were great weeks because not only were we able to go swimming for gym class, but we missed at least an hour of study time driving to the pool and coming back from it. And, 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 and as well as spending time in the change room. I, my friends and I, we mastered extending time in the change room for as long as we possibly could. Sometimes we, we increased that to 90 minutes of time. It was beautiful. Now, as part of the swimming plan, you, you've all been through this. If you haven't, um, I'll explain it to you. You're required to do different things, uh, master certain uh, objects so you could move on to the next level of swimming. And that would culminate with the opportunity to do what everybody in grade school, in my grade school, what we just wanted to be was the freedom to use the diving boards. First the low dive, which was one meter high, then the high dive, the three meter board. That was the pinnacle of what you wanted to be able to do. You see, the ultimate the goal of every boy, at least, was to prove your manhood by eventually diving off of the high dive. And I remember that from the ground level, that the high dive did not look that high or seem that challenging. In fact, I was convinced it would be easy, smeezy. It would just be this incredible piece of cake to jump off of it. Well, I believed that until I climbed the ladder for the first time and I reached the top. Now, as a nine-year-old, give you context, I could hardly believe when I got to the top how far away the water seemed, how small the people looked, how cold, much colder the, the, the air was at the top. My, my perception was this, was this was a major undertaking. And I remember that when I was up on the top of the high dive and I looked out that all of the sudden what I thought was going to be easy was not easy at all, and I froze. I was petrified. Have you ever been so scared that you just got frozen? You couldn't move, you couldn't, you couldn't respond to anything. You see, that moment where I thought I was going to be a hero, I thought it was going to be great in front of all of my friends, turned into a moment of humiliation as the lifeguard had to basically carry me down off of the high dive. See, I don't just share all of my great stories. I have. Now, here's what I want you to hear. In spite of the fact, listen to this, that I had everything I needed to be successful, proper training, competent lifeguards, even cheering friends, 
my courage left me and I froze. Today I want to help you discover the courage that you have, that you already have to face any challenge. The title of today's message is called Run to the Roar. Run to the Roar. One of the greatest movies of all time, I think most of you will agree with me if you've seen this, is The Wizard of Oz. Who has watched The Wizard of Oz? You enjoy that show. I love The Wizard of Oz. This was a family favorite when I was growing up. We would all look forward to watching this around Easter time. Now, for those that maybe haven't seen it, but just a quick reminder, in the movie, Dorothy and her dog Toto become trapped in a tornado and end up being transported to the land of Oz. While journeying to the Emerald City, Dorothy encounters three new friends, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Cowardly Lion, all hoping to find the wizard, the great Wizard of Oz. Now, why are they going to see the wizard? Well, because each of them needed something. I know when I said that, some of you started singing the song in your head. I can hear it. I'm singing it too. <laughs> see, Dorothy and Toto wanted to return home to Kansas. That's why they went to see the wizard. And the tin man hoped that he would get a heart. He wanted a heart. That's all he wanted. The scarecrow was looking to get a brain. But the lion was looking for something you would typically associate with lions, courage. He wanted to be given something that was already inside of him. He just hadn't found it yet. You see, I believe this. God wants to release greater courage in us and through us. I believe that we need three important things to lead with courage, to live our life with courage. First of all, write this down, a deeper love for God. If you want to live with courage, you want to lead with courage, you need a deeper love for God, that your love for him constantly keeps growing. The he's the source of everything we need. And then how do we do this? By loving what he loves. I don't want to go deep into this. I, I talked about this at another time, that we love what we, he loves, that we put our focus and our affection on the things that are important to him. Secondly, we need a greater love for people. And when I talk about people loving people, I mean genuinely really loving people, not just wanting their hearts, but that we have a love for their soul, for their eternal destiny. See, that means that we're not looking to get the approval of people, but we want to see people's lives changed and transformed. You hear what I'm saying today? A love for people that will, they will encounter Jesus. And the third thing you need is the courage to do what is right. The courage to do what is right. A better word for this would be righteousness. Now, what I mean by this is that we can't just live by what we think is right, not by our standards, not by my standard, but according to God's standard, according to his word. That means honoring biblical truth and principles. And so we have to ask ourselves, what does God say is right? I'm not talking about popular opinions. What does God say is right? What does God say about governmental authority? What, is he, what does he say? What does the Bible say about abortion? What about same-sex marriage? What does God say? How about cancel culture or critical race theory? Now, is, am I being, is this too big or too controversial here today? Maybe. How about this? What does God say about your relationships, the people in your life? How about what does he say about your future, about your struggles, about who you are and what you can be? 
You see, I believe that we need the courage. It requires courage to be a person who seeks truth instead of living by popular opinion. What, is, what do people think? What, is, what, is, what does the group think about this? We need people who not only face truth, but speak truth. And the story I was reminded as I looked into, the, as I was thinking about this message about having courage and to walk in the authority that God has given us was the story about David, the shepherd boy, who faced Goliath. <laughs> because I think there's some things we can learn about this encounter. And so if you open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 17, I'm only going to read a short part of it, and it's when we see Goliath has come onto the scene in 1 Samuel 17, verse 8, and it says, Goliath stood and shouted a ton across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Here's truth. We've all faced a mocking voice at one time or another in our life. Isn't that true? Maybe it's from a, an enemy, somebody that you were at school, a bully, somebody that tried to scare you or, or spoke to you. It could have been a, a, at, a, at a business. You came in and they just had the spirit of intimidation. Maybe it was a friend or even a family member. It can come from them sometimes too. But here's what I've learned, that usually the loudest voices come from within our own heart. Am I telling the truth? The things that we hear that seem that maybe nobody else can hear, but they seem to scream loud in our, our ear. Who do you think you are? You don't deserve good things. You should not be here. You're in a group of people. You don't belong here. You're such a fraud. The list goes on and on. The things that are spoken to us. And unfortunately, those voices that yell the loudest seem to receive the most attention. We see it in social media. Man, it's scary sometimes what I see on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and things people say. It's, just, there's a lot of people that are yelling a lot of things. We can hear it around our own dinner table. Some of us have kids that are a little louder than others. <laughs> but here's, here's what I want, I believe. We need to understand that loudness does not equal rightness. You see that bullying and, tim and intimidation, when they, they are around us and the people try to use things to silence you, to keep you from speaking, to keep you from sharing, that they're actual signs of weakness in attempt to hold on to control, that bullies always try to control people by being louder. You see, when David encountered Goliath, the giant was loud and obnoxious, spewing lies, taunting God's people. He was trying to intimidate the Israelites. And you want to know what? It was working. Because they listened to Goliath, who was speaking day after day, their courage melted. You see, I believe this. We've got to be careful what we listen to. We've got to be careful who we listen to and how we listen to it. We got to watch out for the news on the TV. You listen to it long enough these days. People on social media, even misinformed friends. Have you noticed the misinformed friends are the ones who never seem to be able to shut up? <laughs> They're always talking. They just, it's like, 
Bible says that a, f- a fool seems wise until he opens his mouth. It's just the way it goes. See, the enemy uses these voices to attack our courage. we got to be careful what we listen to. You see, and in this situation, everyone was afraid, was so afraid that even King Saul was frozen in fear. You see, for 40 days, if you read in a different part of the Bible, it says they listened to Goliath and did nothing. You see, we have choices when these voices are speaking to us. I say there's three choices. First of all, we can ignore... There's a temptation to just ignore what's going on around us. A lot of people do. They decide, I'll just ignore it. But I want to say this. Indecision is almost always worse than no decision. Doing nothing. We hope somehow that things will just go away. They'll somehow miraculously get better. It's a hope. We pray, God, just if I just, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to ignore it. In my opinion, it's one of the greatest reasons why marriages fail, why relationships fail. People ignore those things that shouldn't be ignored. They don't talk about the things that need to be talked about. You see, as we go forward in these days ahead, my heart is that we will, as a church, we'll have some maybe those harder conversations that we'll talk about things that just everybody else doesn't want to talk about. Or we can do this. We just go along to get along. Hey, it's okay. Nothing's wrong. It's no big deal. We justify compromise, accept less than what is best. Look for the easy way to deal with situations. Can I say this? That tolerance is always interpreted by the enemy as acceptance. If you tolerate something, that means you're embracing it. And maybe in your heart you're like, no, I'm not. But that's how things work. Or we can be like David. Through God's courage, David ran to the roar, challenged the imposing giant, and the giant fell. You see, certain things can seem so big until they're not. (laughs) Until God shows up, until we take our courage, and they become smaller when we face our fears. You see, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. It says that in John 10.10, and it starts through attacking your courage. You see, he wants to silence your voice, diminish your worth, neutralize your authority, but ultimately he wants to destroy you. To be your best requires facing your fears and and, and running to the roar. Well, what do I mean by run to the roar? What what am I talking about here? In 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9, Peter wrote this. He said this, be alert and and sober-minded or of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same type of suffering. So here we have Peter writing. He says, look, the devil, the enemy, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, again, we're going to talk about the animal kingdom here for a bit. We've all heard, we've studied, we know that for the most part, that one of the most powerful creatures on the plains or in the jungle is who? The lion. There's a sense that all other creatures, when the lion shows up and he begins to roar, that they, they fear him. They move out of his way. In fact, they run for cover. It reminds me of the bully in junior high. That's how they would. They would talk, they would yell, and people, the, the hallway would just open up. 
Nobody wanted to deal with the bully. See, what most people don't understand, though, about the lion community or a pride is that most lion, male lions, the, the, they don't actually, the male lion doesn't actually kill the prey. He's big and powerful. He has a deep voice, but the truth is about the male lion, he's slow and he has little endurance. He's like those massive bodybuilders. You see and they're like, Rah! you know, their muscles are huge. But you know how you deal with a massive bodybuilder if you get, make him mad? You just run faster than they do. Because <laughs> if they can't grab you, there's nothing they can do to you. They're strong, but they're not fast. They're not very agile. Well, that's what the male lion is like. Even though they're big and they're powerful, they're really easy to get away from. From. It's what we talk about. If you're a Canadian and you live in Alberta and you go hiking, just make sure you're not the slowest person. The bear will eat that person first. <laughs> but the true hunters are the female lions or the lionesses. The female lions are sleek, fast, and highly intelligent. You know, I learned this when I tried to run from my mom as a kid. <laughs> oh, I, you don't underestimate that. You see, the female lions are actually the killers. They're the ones who should really be feared because this is how things really work. After the kill, then the male lion comes, the leader of the pride, and comes and eats what he wants, burps, and then goes and has a nap. Does that kind of sound like real life? You see, what the, re what the male lion does have is an incredible roar. See, here's what you probably don't know. Actually, how lions hunt is this way. The, lion hunt, the, the, the way the lions hunt is that the female lions go and hide on the opposite side of the herd from the male lion, whatever they're wanting to attack. And as the lion roars, the herd or the other animals, as they're stirred up in fear, begin to run away from the roar. They're afraid of the roar. They're afraid of the big lion. But what they don't realize is that they're actually running into a trap, an ambush. And the female lions are waiting for them to come and they attack them, kill them. You see, the lions count on their prey running away from the roar. And so the way to freedom, the way to be free is, in fact, to run towards the roar. You see, freedom for us is not being silent in the face of challenges. It's not running away from the intimidation, but it's learning to head towards them, facing the challenges that are around us. You see, the roar is not meant to be your place of defeat, but an opportunity for you to overcome and be victorious. You see, we need to exercise our authority and run towards the roar, run towards those things that we are afraid of. But the challenge is this, it goes against our instincts to head towards the difficulty, to head towards the noise. So you see, you have to learn how to fight against your instincts. When I was growing up, uh, and I, I, there was an incident that happened in around 83, 82, I believe, where President Ronald Reagan, there was an assassination attempt that was on his life. And I was watching a, a documentary a few years ago that 
that, that, count, that, that showed that. And one of the things that was interesting, they interviewed the Secret Service agents that guarded him. And so most high-profile leaders, even our, our prime minister, they have people that are around them to guard them and protect them. And they showed this scene where, where, where the Secret Servant agent shared, like, well, how did, you, uh, uh, how did you protect the president? And he said, what we're trained to do is that when we hear that there is an attacker, a sniper, or we hear gunfire, we go towards who we're called to protect, and we open ourselves up and we make ourselves as big as we can. So while everybody else is diving into the bushes, while everybody else is trying to get out of the way, we go against our instincts in order to protect who we're called to protect. They train for years to do this. When my wife and I were buying our first house, we were in the bank. Trying, we were in the bank to sign our very first mortgage. But while we were in the manager's office, this was crazy, an armed robber came into the bank with a mask and a sawed-off shotgun. And as our backs were to the shooter, the bank manager whispered to us, don't move. Well, my wife did what any sane human would do. She dove under the manager's desk. And as we talked about this afterwards, she said, Honey, I love you, but you're a sacrifice I was willing to make. <laughs> we tend in our lives to avoid or run from fear, don't we? You see, to run to the roar means we have to go against our instincts. You see, here's what I want you to understand. In life, you will either seek self-preservation or you'll run towards God's greater purposes for you. You can't have both. Your life was not meant to be uh, meant to be lived for survival or just to survive, but you, but for you and others to experience revival or to thrive. I believe this. We need to push past what we feel towards what God has promised us. This is what I hate about this COVID season so much. Is that more than anything, I feel too many are reaching for survival when God has so much more for you. How do we get past it? We need courage. God Give us courage. John, Lieutenant John B. Putnam, who was a, a trained fighter pilot and was a fighter pilot himself, said this, courage is not the lack of fear, but the ability to face it. He actually was shot down and killed as a 24-year-old. But he trained many who helped allow for the allies to be victorious. Here's what my favorite quote for courage is. Look at, courage is the premise, listen to this, that there's something more important than fear. It's not the absence of fear. It's that there's something more important for you to go to, something more important for you to live for than to let fear take it away from you. I believe this. You have things that are so much more important than fear. So how do we stand with courage? I want to give you three quick things here as we close. Number one, understand you will face resistance. When we stand up for truth and righteousness, I want to say this to you. If you're going to live for Jesus and you're going to live for him with all your heart, you are going to find that challenges are inevitable. I remember when I was growing up, I used to be surprised at the pushback that whenever I, I started to make a decision that I wanted to make changes in my life, that, that I wanted to, to make differences in my life, that there always seemed to be pushback. 
when it came and where it came from, it was always surprising to me. You see, sometimes it can come from people you least expect it, family members, friends, other believers. But I want you to understand this. Don't be, dis- don't be dis- surprised or discouraged when it happens. Because it's a sign that you're a threat to the enemy. You see, the key is to stand firm and to remain humble. Consider it a badge of honor when you face challenges. James says this in James 4, verse 7. He says, so humble, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So don't be surprised. Understand you'll face resistance. Number two, be prepared to stand alone. I have this dream about the church, but it starts here at Eastside. My dream is that our church will be a place that we grow to support each other in doing good, that we will encourage each other to do good, that we will become a a community that stands together for truth and righteousness. But I've learned this, that the truth is that, the, the reality is that truth produces discomfort and even confrontation when you stand for it. Those living in compromise can become critical and dismissive of those who get too crazy in their faith, too radical in their faith. Other times, many are just not ready to go where you're going. You are going to have to, if you're going to have courage and walk in the authority God gives you, that you're going to have to be willing to stand alone. See, David understood this. While the whole community of Israel was, un, was afraid and wasn't willing to take on the giant, he had to stand alone. And by doing so, he learned how to, the power of God's presence. The Bible says later on in his life that, that David, when he was discouraged, learned to encourage himself in the Lord. Here, I'm going to tell you, the enemy is going to want to discourage you as often as he can, but we've got to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And sometimes it has to come from inside of us through the word of God, through what God has spoken to us. As you hear the roar, you'll many times be moving in the opposite direction of most everyone else, but know this, God is with you. Jesus made this promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel alone, but you are never alone with Jesus. Here's the last thing I want to say, and I'll have the keyboard player come up. Be assured that you will overcome. You are an overcomer. Can I say? I want you to know that you're an overcomer. The more we stand in courage, the stronger our courage becomes. As we stand in our authority, we will defeat Every giant, I believe this, regardless of how loud they seem or how big they are. As we learn to occupy our promises, we will not be defeated, but only become stronger. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's be those who run towards the roar and defeat every enemy. I want to finish with the story of the Wizard of Oz here. You see, when Dorothy and her friends finally get to the wizard, they finally get to the Emerald City and they they come to the wizard's palace, they encounter a loud, thundering, fire-breathing voice, steam shooting everywhere. It causes them to stumble and to cower in fear until something happens. The littlest creature, little Toto, pulls back the curtain on the steaming, fire-breathing contraption and they discover who the wizard really is. 
that he was just a regular person pushing buttons, pulling levers. I believe today that God wants to pull back the curtain on those things that have been pushing your buttons and pulling your levers that have caused fear to be in your life. I believe by his grace, it's time for each and every one of us to learn to run to the roar, to learn to walk in courage, to be the people that he's called to do. When you see somebody who's sick, that will, you'll be willing to pray for them, lay your hands on them. When you see somebody that needs encouragement, you'll speak it regardless of where you're at, that we'll, that we'll build our lives around truth, not on popular opinion. But I believe it requires greater courage. Maybe today you're here and you're struggling with having courage. I, I believe there are some people, and I saw this in the spirit, who are, you feel like you're getting bullied right now. You're facing great discouragement. If you bow your heads just for a moment, I want to pray for you. Maybe you've lived your life in a place where you've made some compromises because you're scared. But God is saying, I want to give you the new, the new courage. If you today realize that you could use some courage to do what God's calling you to do, that you just need more courage, would you raise your hand today? I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you. Our God is great. He's bigger. He's mightier. That we'll be people that stand on truth, that we'll, we won't live in the area of compromise, that we'll love each other, that we'll encourage each other. Father, I pray today for everyone here. Lord, I pray that you would do a greater, deeper work inside of our spirits. Lord, that you'd help us to be those who, Lord, learn to, Father God, not to give in to fear, but we learn that there's things that are greater than fear. Lord, you got greater plans for us, for greater relationships, for our marriages to be stronger. Lord, for our, our friendships to grow deeper. Lord, that we can have real conversations with people and love them even in the midst of our disagreements. Lord, help us to be beacons of life, to be beacons of light. Help us to be those that, that don't just go with the flow of where society is taking us. Lord, may our love for you grow deeper. Our love for people become stronger. Our desire, Father God, to stand for what is right, become more a part of who we are. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you for everyone that's here. I thank you for those who are listening online. I pray for those, Father God, who the enemy has bullied. I pray today there would be a breakthrough in their lives, a breakthrough in, their, in, their, in this season. Lord, that we would be, as James says, it seems like sometimes we're being overwhelmed, but Lord, that we would just continue to resist, resist, resist the enemy, resist the enemy. And Lord, I declare this in the name of Jesus that he's gonna begin to flee. God, I just declare that the enemy would flee off of your life, to flee off of you, that you're gonna be strong and courageous today in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Now, before we go, I want to ask this question. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you don't have a re that relationship with Jesus. We get our courage from him. And today, if you would like to start a life with him, whether you're listening at home or you're here in this auditorium, again, I would ask that you just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me. Help me to become like you. 
I thank you for your death, your burial, and resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. If you prayed that today, I want to encourage you to do a couple things. Let somebody know. Tell somebody. I prayed that. I meant that in my heart. And if you'd be so brave, you can reach out to us as a church. You can do that either through talking to one of our ushers, one of our leaders. I'll be at the front here for a few minutes. Or you can send us an email at info at eastsidecitychurch.ca. We want to help you grow in this new journey with God. Anyways, I want to say God bless you today. I want you to go in God's favor today. Be strong, be courageous wherever you're at, and know that God is with you. If you'd like prayer for anything, after we dismiss everybody, you can come to the front. There are people here that will pray with you. God bless you. Have a great Sunday here today.